Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. I am Spencer Hall, Editorial Director of SB Nation. Joining me, as always, from beautiful Kennesaw, Georgia, frostbitten Kennesaw, Georgia, the polar wastes, uh, is Jason Kirk. Say hi, Jason. Hey, what it do? Uh, Also from Brooklyn, New York, which I think is only a sort of seasonal, what, 28 degrees at the moment? I haven't been outside today. (laughs) Really? Why did I do that? Have you been outside in New York? It's worthless. Do you you know when they film Empire, they don't film it in New York, even though the show takes place in New York City. They film it in Chicago, and they intentionally put garbage on the sidewalk when they shoot so it will look more real. Do they add it with computers? No, I think it's real garbage. Wow. All garbage, mustache, and lightning is real. Mm -hmm. Authentic. Yeah. The best special effect is Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard can only work with real garbage. I can only work with real garbage. Uh, just my ascot, please. Get Andy Circus out of here. <laughs> Andy Circus is garbage. Terrence Howard <laughs> as garbage. I would watch that. It'd be better than the Empire. We have a we have a unique schedule this week because we we have a holiday. Thanksgiving's in the middle of this, and as always, we stupidly play college football around those holidays, and uh, which is cool because it means you don't have to hang out with people you don't want to hang out with. But it's bad because we're only going to be doing one podcast this week, so this is all the full. This <laughs> is all the. Full, is the downside. That is the downside for you. You should uh, write your employer and tell them you don't want Thanksgiving off next year. And maybe there will be two full casts as a result. Because remember, you'll do more work if there's less vacation. That's, that's how efficiency works. That's prison logic. That's pri- we'll, you'll, you'll be so happy to be there. Because you won't have to think of things to do. So this is the only podcast you get this week. My apologies. But travel... Etc. It's it's a bit much, so we'll have to just do it all right now. Which is why I want to get to the first topic. Oh my, what a weekend! I don't say that sarcastically. It was actually really entertaining, mostly because uh, wait, what in your eyes was the biggest thing that happened? Uh, I'm prompting this because I I know the answer, Ryan Nanny, but uh, the biggest thing that happened uh, in, in your eyes. I mean, it it was a close game decided by three points. Notre Dame beats Boston College. Impressive. You son of a bitch. <laughs> another, another, another classic heroic victory by by our boys in bright green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> five turnovers. It's the best. Is that you gave Boston College five turnovers and they turned it into literally like like three field goals and an extra point. That's. <laughs> Boston, Co- Boston College is perpetually the Scrabble player who only has Q. <laughs> it's just like god damn it <laughs> maybe the worst passing game i have ever seen are they still on where are they uh currently in the punts versus completions mm-hmm. let's, mm, let's just, look that up you should look that up while we're talking about this because okay. at one point i believe it was something like 79 to 78 or something like that in terms of punts versus completions. So they're at uh, 109 completions currently. Mm-hmm. And punting 85 punts. Yeah. So 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 they are what? 24 over? Yeah, over 11 games that 
works out to about two more completions a game than punts. <laughs> Slow down, Steve. I'm going to pull something, Boston College. There, you know, there are some people who think, even if you don't have a good passing game, you kind of have to uh, go through with one anyway. It keeps the defense honest, blah, blah, blah. Don't do that, Boston. Just abandon the pretense. Send nope. your quarterback out there with two oven mitts on and say he's he's only here for one thing. Single wing. Baking. Yeah. Because you know what? Going, going for the dudes who like to bake. Let them cook. <laughs> Let them cook, Steve. <laughs> Let them cook. I like the idea of Boston College just being, you know, hey, we're playing in a baseball stadium. We're going to play baseball. And Notre Dame's all trying to play football. And that's real frustrating when you want to play one game and somebody's trying to play, you know, like you're trying to play Battleship mm-hmm. and somebody's, you know, keeping word score. No, no, no. We're trying to play Battleship on, with the Scrabble tiles. That's you, Boston College. Congratulations. Not that going to the single wing is all that bad a decision. Take, for instance, uh, Michigan State. Oh, you got back there. Good job. Look at that. High wire act, hopping on the segue, back on the interstate of conversational flow. We are going to discuss Ohio State, Michigan State, because Michigan State ran the ball 34 times in the second half against Ohio State and passed the ball for four attempts. They passed four times. Four to 34. And in, in the second half. In the second half. When they were tied. And ended yeah. up winning the game. 17-14. Well, I think the thing is that for about a month or so now, um, Ohio State fans have wanted everyone to talk about Ohio State. So let's do that. What you guys talk? What what you guys talk about the Buckeyes, huh? I mean, we can use the Boston College. Let's really devote some time to talking about Ohio State now. If you want to use the Boston College metric here, Ohio State had eight punts and nine completions. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so that's better than Boston College, but we're in the same ballpark. Let me let me just go ahead and go over this. Coming into the game, if you looked at this, uh, the general assumption was that maybe Ohio State would dick around because that's what they've done this season thus far. They would look hesitant, maybe disorganized, maybe it'd be a close game going into the second quarter. And then in the second half, uh, Jason, what, what would they do? What's Ohio State done in every single second half this year when they needed to get things done? Oh, they're gonna finally mash the gas right when right 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 when the uh, the the finish line looks just out of reach. They're just gonna punch it, and they're gonna pull ahead. That's right. That's right. And uh, that that's not what happened. That's not no, what happened. There there was no punch. No, no, no. There was there was no punch whatsoever. I I really don't know. I, I know that we're supposed to come on here and say, well, here's here's sort of what happened. I don't know what happened. I watched it, and I still don't understand a damn thing I saw out of Ohio State. I don't know what the game plan was. I don't know why JT Barrett was even out there. He threw for 46 yards. 46 yards. And people talk about the weather. Uh, That's crap. I know the weather was bad. It's not 46 yards bad. Like, the weather, to be 46 yards bad, you would either have to be Boston College, who I believe had more than 46 yards passing, Against I'm, Notre Dame. I'm not looking that up. Nope, no, no need to. We'll just assume it's true. 
if we can even think it, that's bad. <laughs> if you can say, hmm, Ohio State had the same number of passing yards as Boston College, yeah, that's bad. If it even seems plausible. It would have to be hellfire. It'd have to be some kind of unique herpes hail blowing at 40 miles an Good hour sideways. God. That's, that's pretty gross. Pretty common in Ohio. And it would have to be something so abnormal as to excuse 46 yards. By the way, that's not 46 yards on like two completions. Nope, nine. Nine. And, and 16 attempts? As many as Michigan State attempted with their backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. With their backup. Not their anointed starter. Not at all. JT Barrett, only guy who took a single snap at quarterback. Oh, by the way, JT Barrett also had 15, uh, 15 carries for 44 yards, which is more than Ezekiel Elliott, who to this point had been uh, nigh unstoppable in the second half of games. And he, in a close game where they did not fall behind, remember, Michigan State didn't lead. <laughs> they didn't lead this entire game. That's how we do. Until the very end. Until the Weird. last second. <laughs> that's Why that's sort of how the rapture works, though. <laughs> God's team. <laughs> Spartans coming. The Great Tribulation. Michigan State's like me in a 5K with the guy with the wooden leg. I'm like, I'm just going to draft off him. Going to stay behind. Mark D'Antoni is definitely a pre-millennialist. Because as soon, soon as the buzzer sounds, he's getting these boys out of here. Just rapturing them. Let's get on this bus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's they didn't lead, and in a game that was a close game, where Ohio State uh, probably would have in any other game where their offensive staff did not suffer strokes or go insane or do really cool, interesting experimental government drugs before making up this game plan, they would have done something other than give Ezekiel Elliott twelve carries for thirty-three yards. Two. I don't know. I, f- I feel like people have a whole lot of opinions about like what Ohio State should have done, but I mean, what was working? What what is the thing that was working so well that they should have done more? I, uh, they had one. I mean, on their one drive, they had one drive where they ran the ball well. That was it, and that was the that was the one where Ezekiel Elliott scores, and it's the one that Elliott talks about uh, in post game comments when he says, you know, we had this one drive where we were mashing people, and suddenly uh, we weren't there. Suddenly, we just didn't use any of those plays, which I don't know if that's true. I haven't watched the game tape again, and I wouldn't. Why would you want to see what they did twice? It was horrible. It didn't work. Michigan State played beautifully, by the way. They did. They, they wanted to win 17-14. That was the game. <laughs> Mark D'Antonio, like, building his model at home, looked back and was like, well, look, there, built the Taj Mahal out of toothpicks. Did it. Last piece in place. Field goal. Done. I was flabbergasted. I'm still flabbergasted. I don't even have anything like I don't even have anything that funny to say about it immediately. I have a conspiracy theory about how this all happened, and it's actually like not a joking one. But it was just bizarre to watch. Just an absolutely bizarre game. Like more this to me was more bizarre than like Texas beating Oklahoma. Was it more bizarre than Iowa State beating Texas? No. Okay. No. Sorry, Paul Rhodes. We miss you already. He did get that, though. <laughs> if you don't know, Paul Rhodes, Iowa State head coach, beats Texas. Just remember, just take the context out. 
Paul Rhodes beat Texas badly, shut them out, and then lost his job. Think about that in context of Texas fans who thought it was hilarious when Kevin Sumlin got a raising extension for a eight and four ish or whatever season. You know, they said if you go eight and four at A and M, you get a raise. You go at A and four here, you get fired. Yeah, well, you beat Texas only by twenty eight points or whatever at Iowa State, you get fired. So. Anyway, now we're talking shit about Texas. Back to Ohio State. <laughs> Iowa State's got higher standards than Texas. Damn. Yeah, I don't understand anything that happened, and I don't understand anything that was said after the game in terms of people reacting to Ezekiel Elliott stating something honestly. I don't understand that. I do not understand that way of life. I don't know why you would be offended by that in the least when it was obvious to everyone, including Urban Meyer, that nothing they did made sense. Nothing. Now, I, don't want, I don't want any of this to discredit Michigan State absolutely dominating the line of scrimmage because that's what happened. They lost the line of scrimmage. At no point could Ohio State cope with that. Yeah, I'm fine with Zeke speaking his mind. He, if he has an opinion, great. He, it's probably, uh, I mean, it's, it's better informed than millions and millions of other humans. So I'm totally fine with players weighing in. Let's do this after every game. Let's have players grade coaches. Why can't we do that? Well, that's actually, of course what one Michigan State player did. It was, yeah, as soon as this took off, a Michigan State t- tight end tweeted, great job, coaches. I'd like <laughs> they, to thank my... Thanks for putting us put in the position to succeed. <laughs> thanks for putting us in the position to succeed. God bless you, young man. What it's, a magnificent That's like going thing. to somebody's funeral and talking about how great your dad is. Yeah, Jamal Lyles. That's Jamal Lyles. He's going to a funeral. <laughs> going to everyone's funeral and being like, was he a nice guy? Man, he seemed Man. like a really good dude. Man, my dad is great. He's still alive, but we're here to talk about Uncle Eric, who's dead. Unlike yeah. my dad. Who's awesome. I'm sorry. And, and not dead. <laughs> and also and, alive. And also completely One cool alive. thing about my dad <laughs> compared to yours. He puts me in a position to survive. Yeah. That and that and I do love this that after the game, Geiger, the kicker, on live radio saying it was the biggest kick of my life and I fucking <laughs> nailed it. Which man, I hope that's on some motivational shirts for them. I hope Absolutely. that's on I hope that's on some kind of plaque. I hope they don't bleep it. No, you can, if I mean, if you go here, listen to the radio clip. It's uh, as soon as he says it, there's giggling, there's grown man giggling, and they're kind of like, uh, eh. <laughs> Mark D'Antonio's yeah, gonna... already stitched that in green thread into the back of someone he kidnapped five years ago. I think, I think the the this Michigan State thing to do here is yes, you embrace it because it is the sonic equivalent of burning a couch in the middle of a street, which Michigan State fans also did. Um, but you also find a way to use it to claim that you're being disrespected. So, like, if people don't make shirts of it, then that disrespect. <laughs> I see you're wearing a school uniform today. Instead of this Michigan State, I fucking nailed it shirt. This eight-year-old thinks he's better than Michigan State. Why isn't there a national controversy about this quote? Or do they even listen to what Michigan plus state players have to say? Why'd they only listen to the Ohio State player? See, this this is this is advanced Antonio right now. I've, I've just I've just beaten Penn State. 
with yeah, these words. I was going to say, you're so far into Antonio's head. I know people have mind melts with different coaches and different players. They just understand them, right? Like Don Van Natta with Jerry Jones just did a profile and, and just sort of understood him. I feel like I'm close to that with Spurrier where I feel like I understand his basic ethos, both as a coach and as a human being. You and Mark D'Antonio, you're close to that. That's why Jason always wears a tie. Where, <laughs> in the shower. <laughs> I think I put on a tie. Let's see. Right now? <laughs> you better be wearing one right now. Mark D'Antonio is going to be uh, really disappointed. Sir, Spirit, sir before we can do this open heart surgery, you are going to have to take that tie off. Well, then just let me die on the fucking table. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> How'd you do in that heart surgery, Mark D'Antonio? I fucking nailed it. We won the line. Um, Coach has had heart surgery, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. So, yeah, okay. yeah, and he fucking nailed it, dude. He's he's he coaching. Nailed it. Coach, he was coaching like two weeks later. Man, had a heart attack after that Notre Dame game where yeah, they faked the field goal, beating Notre Dame. Yeah, and uh, since his heart's fine, what 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 can they do to him now? See, see he does everything better than Urban Meyer. <laughs> 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 okay, so so I do have a theory, and it's a it's a conspiratorial theory, but it follows my rules in life, where I believe that people do not actually learn lessons, and that they keep making the same mistakes over and over again, right? And it's this: this is what happened to Ohio State this year. It's 2009 Florida because everyone wants to go to the NFL and they're distracted, which is true. That's the thing that happens. All right, it even happens to Nick Saban, who treats his players like interchangeable pieces of slag iron in a great agricultural machine of some sort, okay? It even happens to him. And it certainly happens to Urban Meyer, who failed to, failed to like rein in anything that happened on the 2009 Florida team at all, or the 08 team, and maybe the 07 team, just any of those teams, okay? It, it all came to a head in 2009. You have exactly this kind of season, which is a protracted long... Ryan, you remember this. It's like the least fun season ever. Yeah. Where winning like 24 13 against anyone was considered to be the biggest disappointment in the world. You lose an offensive coordinator. Uh, this team lost an offensive coordinator, Tom Herman. The 2008 team becomes the 2009 Florida team. They lose Dan Mullen. And that offense becomes what? One sided, predictable, kind of incoherent? It is the season version of every time you go to the gym and you just wheeze and hurt and you tell yourself that some that it was still worthwhile that you did it, even though you were bad and hated yourself the whole time. Right. And you're just burnt. Mm-hmm. Like everybody and everything on that team is completely burnt out and they've completely lost all bearings because their priorities are all over the place and by necessity, right? Like Ezekiel Elliott, w- what incentive does he have to ever make another carry for this team? None. He's going to be fine. He's going to go to the NFL draft. And obviously feels free enough about that certainty to just say whatever he wants. And I did enjoy people coming out going, bro, what are NFL GMs going to think of this? Like, I don't know. Paying them, paying them actually might make a difference. <laughs> people tend to respond well to that. You shouldn't say negative things about me. Are you going to pay me, Urban Meyer? Okay, cool. Uh, the Browns? <laughs> Dude, I will go and suffer through three to four years with the Cleveland Browns. Look, I think last year's number one overall pick taught us that talent does not trump saying whatever you want in public. <laughs> wait, wait who's, the, who's the number one pick last year? I can't recall. I, I don't know. 
We should, the, the, that was the last fan base that wanted us to talk about them. Why don't you talk about my team? Who was the last NFL draft pick who fell because of, like, talking? Has that ever happened that we can actually document? Like, the things that NFL players, you know, last year the big the big fall was Lyle Collins from LSU who uh, was involved in a police investigation that he had nothing to do with. That's the kind of thing that gets you to fall um, in the NFL draft. Yeah. Is, is mysterious legal stuff. If you actually got arrested, you know, and, and you, you did your time or whatever, oh, they'll pick you. They'll pick you just fine. But saying words, when has that ever hurt somebody? Yeah, like Warren Sapp back in the day, he fell in the draft because of a positive drug test, a rumored positive drug test. I don't even know if it was ever substantiated. But that was, that was one reason why, why he fell. It wasn't because Warren Sapp said anything. If he'd given him a couple of years, probably. But not at the time, no? Like, Kendall Wright. Kendall Wright fell because of negative character issues, which, whatever. I mean, people are going to say he fell, but, like, you know, running backs don't get picked in the top ten these days, and I think we all like Zeke, but I don't don't think we... I doubt he's being listed that high uh, anyway. So, like, if he goes in the first three rounds... That sure, fine. Also, what's Urban Meyer got to say about a running back that any NFL draft person's going to pay attention to anyway? <laughs> you mean yeah. Alex Smith? I think <laughs> Alex Smith's a hell of a running back. <laughs> Tim Tebow? He's more of a fullback, really. Yeah, he's he's more of a, a blocking tight end, I would say. Yeah, yeah. John Brantley? He's more of a, a kicking tee. He's, he's a really... Mobile kicking tee. Kicking tee. Alabama certainly kicked things off of him. Oh, Their yeah. body parts. Yeah, his head from his shoulders. <laughs> Matter of fact, they say uh, running backs are falling these days because they have too much tread on the tires. I think Urban's just trying to help Zeke out, keep him fresh. Man, that might be the best conspiracy theory yet. Now, the big, th- big, big fun thing is that, of course, after that 2009 season, uh, Florida falls to pieces. It becomes a shambles. And I don't think that'll happen again hmm well they do lose everybody Mm-hmm. so so that part's bad you know losing the entire team that that part could could come back to haunt the buckeyes considering so, this was the magical year it was all built toward and mm-hmm. and, and, and how many and how many bad and how many years has meyer been there just uh we are we in year three or four at this point well, hmm. Let's count on fingers and toes. <laughs> I think he's year three. I think he's year three. The the the, the clock is uh the, the clock is counting down, that's for sure. Yeah. So he's in year three there. And the longest he's ever spent at a place was at Florida. Correct? So he is uh, this is year four. Year four, yeah. Okay. Because that way, first year was the undefeated oh wait. We played in the Tax Slayer Bowl last year season. That's true. Yeah, exactly. We we give up a bowl game so we could <laughs> lose to Will Muschamp at a bowl game, which that's some Ohio thinking right there. But yeah, this is year four. And if he comes back next year, it will equal, what, his longest stay as a coach, as a head coach, which would be 2005 to 2010 with Florida. So, I mean, I wouldn't want to be nervous, but I might be nervous. Sure, we wouldn't want to say, hey, Ohio State fan, this thing you're feeling great about 
couple days ago, it's all going to hell. We wouldn't want to say that out loud. Oh, man. But I might, I might say this in all seriousness. Like we're hinting around something jokingly. I might say this in all seriousness. He's never done this before. I, I just, for the listeners, I have one request. I don't want you to indicate that we had anything to do with it. But however you can, start spreading the rumor that Notre Dame is going after Urban Meyer hard. Yeah. Can it happen? Interesting. Yeah, you're all hearing this. I'm hearing this, not from either of you. Uh, Listen, can we build on our build on last week's nightmare scenario? You ready? (laughs) The doomsday scenario. Are you ready? Are you ready to play another game of Satan's coaching dominoes? Drop a beat. Okay, so uh, Charlie Strong goes to Miami Mm -hmm. because you know he was lying about that. Okay, Jimbo goes to LSU. Okay. All right. Nick Saban goes to Texas. Mm-hmm. Boop. Move that over. So that means you've got the Alabama and Florida State jobs open. Jim Mora? Where's Dabo going? Let's say you get let's say Dabo doesn't go. Let's say Dabo stays at Clemson because wow. he's because he's just comfortable and like he gets Jesus' signal real clear when he's when he's standing right by the rock. There's okay? a big tithe coming in. I'm not saying. I'm not joking. I think Dabo talks to Jesus. Way more than other people, personally. Sure. Um, and then you get the Alabama and Florida State jobs open. And you get Urban Meyer <laughs> to take one of them. Because <laughs> it could happen. Which one is funnier? I don't even know. I think the Bama one's funnier because yeah. they have to feel like, we broke him. And then we rebuilt him. <laughs> We made him whole. We made his ass quit. We made his ass unquit. We gave him his original heart back. He's crying again, but this time out of joy. (laughs) He's converted. We're Palpatine here. (laughs) We all like crying now. We're all in touch with our emotions here in Tuscaloosa. The Sith have the rule of two. He had to go south to reign in hell in Texas, so we took his his apprentice, Urban. You Padme, Ohio State. You Padme. <laughs> <laughs> and then Florida State hires Houston Nutt. There. All done. Ta-da! Oh, they get Jar Jar. They get... <laughs> Mino, Mino win is an overdog. Me want happen. Misa happen. Misa, Misa happen with the underdog. Misa happen big time. God damn it. We made Houston Nutt racist. He's not racist. No, but Jar Jar racist. Yeah, Jar Jar's racist. Ooh. I wasn't aware Jar Jar's racist. <laughs> Foya Jar Jar. Yeah, man, that's that's the never the real nightmare scenario. Though I was, I, I I'm actually I scared myself with that. Hey, Jason, what do you want to talk about this week? Uh, I believe we're scheduled to discuss the, uh, the the basketball game that broke out between Arkansas and Mississippi State. Mm. No, oh, the fifty one fifty. Fifty-one fifty, a, a little, a little hundred and one point SEC defense showdown. Well, we're in. Uh, what, what, what were the touchdown, the passing touchdown totals? Was it six or seven for for each, something like that? Brandon Allen had seven. Dak Prescott only had five, but he had five hundred and eight passing yards on fifty attempts. Good. That's that's just SEC defense. I mean, um, did they play like nine quarters or just regular nope, four? Nope, nope. This beer, this is a regulation game. Yeah. <laughs> they squeezed all that in, huh? Mm-hmm. Just packed it in, man. In a single game. 
Brandon Allen, who, by the way, on the last drive, like I don't, he, you, you might not have watched this entire game. I probably watched most of the second half. Here's what they did on the last drive. Arkansas started at like I think that the seven, the eleven, yeah, the eleven, yeah. Mm-hmm. They started way back there, down down one point with down. three minutes to play. Three minutes to play, and immediately Arkansas just blazes through the Mississippi State secondary all the way down to uh, again. You'll have to correct my yardage here, Ryan. Uh, in five plays, they got to. The Mississippi State 19-yard line. Mm-hmm. Yep. 19. So what do you do at that point with like a minute left? They had like a minute left when they started doing this. They centered the ball for a field goal. Yeah. They just, they ran three times to make Mississippi State burn their timeouts. You had a quarterback who had thrown for seven TDs. <laughs> seven. <laughs> Arkansas didn't rush for a TD. How? How? Yeah. That's not that's not what we do here at Arkansas. No. We, we don't we don't we don't believe in in running. It's dangerous. <laughs> Doctor Doctor Brobotnik himself, big and red on the sidelines. His team did not rush for a single TD in this game, and with seven TDs on the board already. They made Brandon Allen a handoff, and they got a field goal block to win 51-50. And then what happened <laughs> immediately, <laughs> at like in the same shot, you can see in, this, in the ESPN shot, you can see Dak Prescott celebrating. And in the same shot, there are fans just brawling in the stands, just, just, just wailing on each other. And it's not even clear which fan base they belong to because both, both wear red. Well, they think just, they've, they've witnessed the end of days. I mean, <laughs> we, we you just, just saw Arkansas, you just saw Arkansas run 72 plays. <laughs> Devil's coming. Only one of us is making out of the stadium alive. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen the stand. I know how this ends. It, it was like it was like in in Bielema's brain. It was as if he just reverted to form in with one minute to go and just sort of whoa, whoa, woke up. It, it was like he woke up coaching a Big Twelve team. Oh, oh no 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 no! Slow this down. Slow, slow this down. Easy easy. Sure, just getting too excited. And all those supernatural waves just sort of emanated into the crowd, and everyone just had to <laughs> had to have it out. I mean, they were throwing haymakers. These guys were like, these. I mean, old boy swung on him. I mean, he swung on him hard. These two. This wasn't the kind of thing players do where they sort of shove each other. No, no. This was a fight. It was everything you wanted. If you're like, yeah, show me what a Fayetteville crowd in a moment of anger looks. Like. Yep, it looks exactly like that. <laughs> just, just dudes. Future Trump voters just throwing bombs <laughs> in the stands. <laughs> just making Arkansas great. Man. Exactly. Just like Ben, like, like if you just, just, and it, if you watch it, by the way, like thrown in the background, there's a couple of people who are looking who aren't even mildly horrified. A couple of people get knocked out of the way. Like there's a woman who's there and then she just disappears. She's not punched out of the way. Like I'm pretty sure that she's just like disappeared. Like I'm out. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the floor until this gets better. She's one of the, she's a video game, what video game character who who just died, just blink, 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 disappear. 
Yeah, you're like, oh, get her out of here. She's she a glitch. Night, she nightcrawlered out of there. Mississippi State had 32 first downs, and the look on Dan Mullen's face when they blocked that kick, which, by the way, was blocked by somebody who's not on the kick team. There's a 29-yard field goal that got blocked. Yep. 29-yard field goal. Arkansas in November falls to, I believe, 2-7 and seven all-time or something like that. 6-5 and five on the Whatever. year. They're all numbers. All numbers. If you believe numbers. Still love you, Arkansas. Ridiculously fun to watch. Yeah, Arkansas's record in November. I think I think it was like four and seven. I think it was a number somebody threw out. And you, you can't really judge an Arkansas team by the by the record because the record's always bad. <laughs> <laughs> even, even the November record by itself is bad. I mean, in life, really, none of us end up with a winning record mortality wise. Yeah, we all we all do pretty bad in November. I mean, Rasputin. Rasputin was, finished uh, eight and three, I think. Even Rasputin in November, I bet he, you know, ignored family, packed on too much weight at Thanksgiving. Sure, he did. Didn't get enough exercise. Like, man, nobody wins in November. In the end, November claims us all. Ooh, yeah, that's they write that down for the title of this podcast. There we go. <laughs> I do also enjoy that in this game. The look on Dan Mullen's face when it's blocked. He's just. Dan Dan Mullen's never had a poker face. He's never had the capability of being the stoic coach, the Gary Pinkle type who, I don't know, watches his team win a national championship, no expression. Watches his team lose by 30, no expression whatsoever. No, Dan Mullen saw it happen and was like, oh my God, <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. We're very lucky. This is a stupid game that can sometimes be settled by the most arbitrary of decisions and actions. And Ole Miss fans are like, yeah, we know. We <laughs> <laughs> now you understand. Fuck you, Dan. And fuck you. Exactly. See you next week. I love you. <laughs> love you, and I hate you. <laughs> Gonna kill you, Dan. Love you. Egg bowl is the most accurate Thanksgiving, really. <laughs> it's because everyone gets together, they fight, they experience much hate, and nothing gets solved. No one gets better, and yeah. they all do it next year. Nobody actually walks away a winner in the end. <laughs> I mean, sure. There's points on the board, and they point one way or another. <laughs> and you sure. feel you a feel a sense of pride. Hands. Yeah, a trophy changes hands. A, a thing called the golden egg that doesn't look like an egg changes hands. Yeah, and then in the end, everyone's sad anyway. Speaking of everyone being sad, it ain't Oxford because uh, are they? I need I need to know how real this is so I can change my entire worldview. Yeah. Are they really going to fire Les Miles? <laughs> so, so update people where we are in the... So last week, mm-hmm. the state of the rumored affair was Les Miles is coaching for his job in the last two games of the season, which are against Ole Miss, already happened, and Texas A&M, which will happen this Saturday. Correct. Now the state of affairs is what? The state of affairs is this, per NOLA.com, James Smith reporting for them. Uh, a source has told him, a highly ranked source, by the way, has said that Les Miles' tenure may be coming to an end because the Tiger Athletic Foundation, TAF, <laughs> say they're ready to move on, that the $15 million buyout, <sighs> I quote you, the $15 million buyout clause, 
<laughs> which still isn't as high as Brett Bielema's, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I will point that out to the day I die. Um, it's not a hang-up, according to them, that private funding will clear that buyout if they wish to part ways with him. Taff has what been... I'm, what I'm hearing um, is somebody has some money to launder. It's like, you know, I gotta move this seven mils, so... Let's let's two birds one stone this. I would love that if that was in the press conference with Joe Oliva, right? Like he comes up there and he announces Joe Oliva's the guy who'll be making this decision for LSU in theory. At least he'll be announcing it. Mm-hmm. He'll get up there and I hope he uses clean and cleanliness metaphors the entire time he's speaking while winking. You see, I kind of wanted to remove some of the stings of the past from this program. The thing about start uh, with a clean slate. The thing about this football team's path to success is that under Coach Miles, it was untraceable. <laughs> so I'm pleased to introduce our new head coach, a laundromat. Yeah. <laughs> it's extremely nice, suspiciously nice, but that, nothing but the best here at LSU. LSU yeah. is now a nail salon. Congratulations. We're also playing a game versus Wisconsin and Singapore for some reason now. I don't know. It's got something to do with triads, but, you know, it's happening. Yeah, this is, this is a thing that according to people who talk to highly ranked people in the LSU hive, mind seems like a really strong word. LSU, uh, um, the hive kidneys, the hive liver, the hive butt, the hive butt that rules LSU. This is apparently a thing that they would fire less miles, and that that there's been some turning point. Maybe it's 2011, maybe it's 2012, when despite having enough talent to actually field a starting NFL offense, uh, they did not win the SEC West and still kept losing to Alabama. That they feel like they've completely lost all uh, hope in terms of catching Alabama in the SEC West and thus must make a change. It's, how, do we, how do we feel about this? I, I, I'm trying to process it, man. It's a I lot. feel fine about it. And here's why. When you look at this LSU staff, Cam Cameron needs to be moving on. Kevin Steele has not lived up to his predecessor. But you go down those assistants and you see there's one man. One man with the experience and uh-huh. the talent and the heart to take over f- where Les Miles has failed and bring the Tigers back. And that's Dakojo. <laughs> I sort of think that they just need to name him. We've said this before. Name him interim coach and never change it. Oh, Dakojo. Oh, Dakojo, so happy to be back in the saddle again. This saddle made out of human hide. <laughs> that's it. Like, because b- before we get too deep into the coach, show, the 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 serious suggestion for this, for for the person to replace Les Miles, is Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, that's been the chatter for I feel like a couple years now. Is uh, hey, Jimbo used to be there, therefore he'd want to go back, because that's how the world works. Anywhere you in, you would love to go back. Well, that's why Spencer is going to be the manager at Balls one day. That's actually pretty probable. <laughs> If they that, offer, if they offer, <laughs> they've I mean, got to fire less miles. <laughs> I was going to say they got to fire less again. Oh well, you're, you'll do a good job with this, Spence. I know you will. Last year, the best. Come back here. 
I mean, maybe they, I mean, I'm sure they, they know more about this than we do. And uh, if Jimbo's the man, then hopefully they have a high amount of confidence. That That's, that's the last phrase, a high amount of confidence um, before they actually do something this drastic. But it's going to be pretty funny if Jimbo doesn't want to go back. I mean, I, this is the thing. I Like with, with Fisher, there are a number of factors that make you think that, yeah, this could happen. And that's not just saying that it's because Florida State is kind of like exactly as unstable administratively as people think it is. Because it is. Exactly as unstable as LSU. Go on. That's the other thing. <laughs> like, I'm looking for something more stable. Can I interest you in a Louisiana position? <laughs> I'm I, I'm just real tired of, of 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 having this situation where I only have to beat one team and I get I get to go to the playoff. It's just too easy. Uh, I, I, I I need I need a challenge. Can we refresh my memory? Who is uh, who's Jimbo's agent again? Um, that'd be Jimmy Sexton. Okay, interesting. If you do not know, dear listener, Jimmy Sexton happens to represent like every SEC coach. Not every SEC coach, but a lot of them, and he also including Florida State, and he represents Jimbo, who's not in the SEC. But they play. They the play SEC. like an SEC team. They play like an SEC. Play better, team. better some than respects. And they play so many teams a year, like Clemson, and they play Florida every year. Florida God, every. Why year. Why did you have to bring that up? I'm cutting yeah. this from the episode. You guys have to watch Florida. Florida <laughs> no, Panthers. I don't have to watch shit. Yeah, I have to watch it. I'm honor bound to watch it. You're Ryan broken. has Ryan has no honor. I'm a Ronan. Yeah. He's just gonna wander the earth. Lonely. I mean I say that because I have a, a sword and I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, that's it's in Brooklyn. You're not gonna do anything with it. Damn it. <laughs> the Bronx, maybe. But, <laughs> but this is um th- this is one of those things where I'm like, I, I don't know what about it makes sense other than I'm trying to get a raise at Florida State. In a year when Florida State would desperately want to hang on to him because everyone's going to be switching coaches. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be fun. Fun, fun mess. Because we they, they've already done this dance at least twice with Miles. I mean, sometimes it's, oh, well, maybe he's going to Michigan. Um, and, and, and you do reach at some point, I think, uh, a toxicity level where even if you didn't want to get rid of less miles. You kind of have to because, boy, have you let his ass hang out in the wind for a long time. Also, he's 62. Yeah. There is that. He's not a young man. With the heart of a four-year-old and the brains of a six-year-old. I was going to say, he's, he's at least in elementary school. One of the reasons why... Yeah, the the one thing I will miss about Les, like if they they do get rid of him, Les is like the most kid friendly coach I think I have ever seen in my life. Which makes you think that dealing with like LSU's administration should have been real easy for him, right? He could have just been like, "You're so adorable," and they'd be like, "Ah, you're the coolest. Got your thumb, got your nose." So that, that's what's taffy. happening, though. That means the admins they're teenagers now, and they're all in. Oh, they don't like they don't like dad anymore. You just, so you just if he could this. just make it through this and, until they're grown-ups, you know, then they're best friends. Oh, that's why Jimbo Fesher got hair transplant, so he can be cool dad, yeah. cool stepdad. Oh, go get cool dad with his cool hair, and he Jimbo talks so fast. Jimbo lets me ride the ATV. <laughs> Jimbo, Jimbo, <laughs> takes, does. Jimbo takes me hunting, which he would. In a shopping mall. Jimbo lets me hang out with his buddy, Uncle Will. 
He'll eat a cinder block on a dare. Or not. <laughs> or just cause. Or just cause. It's good with Cholula. I'm having lunch. Nom, 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 nom. Dinosaurs <laughs> ate rocks and they were fucking awesome. 